0: What up, what up? I'm Michael. And it's Ryan. And welcome or welcome back to the Hear Me Out podcast. Today is Friday, October 22nd. 7th. Not 2nd. Great start of the episode. Great start <laughs> of the episode. I don't, even, I don't even know the date. Oh, boy. You're so confident, too. You know what? I was trying to read, and I saw
1: the two, and then... That's the 20 part. The number <laughs> after is when you say seven. All right, all right, all right, all
0: right. Anyway... It's Friday, October 27th.
1: Let's go, let's rock. The NBA is underway.
0: Not too much going on this week since our last episode when it came to sports. But as always, thank you to everybody for listening. I really appreciate the support. Glad you're back with us for another episode today. How you doing today,
1: man? I'm doing pretty good. Uh had to sleep in. Had a little bit of a, you know... Nice little night, hang out with some friends, you know, nothing crazy. It's Halloween. Yes, it is. Looking forward to it. Woke up. Um, Micah made some bacon, so I ate some bacon. Making bacon. Making bacon. Um, so yeah, it's pretty good. And you know what, Micah, how was how was your day?
0: That he broke like the four episode streak. But... How was your day?
1: <laughs> I've been chilling, man. Um,
0: I got to drive home today, and then I'm heading to Valdosta tomorrow, but. Um, yesterday was pretty good, you know, chill a little day, chill a little day, That's not a, too much going on. Oh yeah, we
1: played, we hooped for a little we bit. We did hoop. Nothing, nothing too crazy. Um, you said shout, Yeah, shout
0: out to Amanda Nunez, man.
1: That's crazy, <laughs> outrageous. All right, yeah. but without further ado, let's go ahead and hop let's into get it. into it.
0: Starting off with the baseball world tonight, we got game one of the World Series. What a snoozer.
1: <laughs> I mean, I I'll let you take over, because it's going to be like... We have we do have an interesting one on here, but like let's get into it. Like, yeah,
0: but in reality, I mean, this is going to be a fun World Series for the uh, more not to not to not to diss any listeners, but for a m- more than casual fan, this will be a fun World Series. It reminds me for of, a the lot ca- of the yeah the finals. Yeah, because for the, for the mean, casual fan, this mm-hmm. won't be a great one, but this this one will be fun for people that are invested in the baseball and are stat nerds like I am. So on the mound tonight, we got big game Nate. Going up against Zach Gallon, We'll see how this one goes. Gallon hasn't looked great in the playoffs, and it's Nadeo Ovaldi. Give me Texas tonight. I think they take game one. It's at home, too. That stadium's going to be jumping. This is going to be a series where you're going to see some crazy crowds because both of these fan bases are just as hungry. Like, Texas hasn't been here since 2011 when Nelson Cruz happened.
1: They never won. They haven't won either. So yeah. And then
0: Arizona hasn't been here since 01 when
1: Luis Gonzalez happened. So. God bless. I mean, I, I'm looking forward. To it. Me personally, I'm excited for this series. And not, granted, you can say I'm biased because I don't have to see the Phillies in it. But I it genuinely am looking forward to. it. You have a young, exciting team in the Diamondbacks, and there is a lot of star power in the Rangers. Like I feel like that's you can't really knock them. It's just not the big market that people are really used to hearing about. That's kind of the thing for me. You look at that roster, you're like this is a this is a hell of a fuck. This is a, all right, already already starting off hot five minutes in, but this is a hell of a lineup card. I mean, we got two. Permit your pitchers on the mound. I mean, yes, Zach Gallen, Nathan Eovaldi, those aren't the names that you're used to, but look at the season that they put up this past year. Like, these guys can throw. They're going to give it their all. I'm looking forward to it, but give me the Diamondbacks game one just because, just because I think they're going to come in hot, going to come in, you know, exciting. They're going to just, bats are going to be swinging. And also, I, because I had the Rangers winning the series, but that's because they're 8 0 on the road, right? Yeah, 8 0 on the road. I think that's where the, Once again, I think this series is going to come down to who plays better on the road. And even though I'm giving the Dynamax game one, I think that's where it kind of stops the line, draws the line there.
0: Yeah, I got a couple of fun stats for this series. Um, The first one, I talked about this with you. I've think i talked about both of these with you the past couple days. But between these two teams, it is the lowest combined win total in a World Series of all time. That's great. That wasn't a shortened season, Mm of 2020. And then the second one... Why did my mind just go Oh, the Rangers, in the postseason, 8-0 on the road. That's eight wins this postseason on the road. The Rockies, since the All-Star break, had eight wins on the road. Need I say more?
1: I don't, I don't, how? I don't understand how that happened. Shut up, the Colorado. And I was watching the, uh, like, just thing on YouTube, just kind of, like, giving, like, a little inside depth of the World Series or what's to come or whatever, and both of these teams were very bad two years ago. 2021, Mm -hmm. these guys, I want to say 100 plus losses for both teams two years.
0: I think I think Texas did,
1: yeah. So like bad teams and then two years later you're in the world like you're in the World Series. And that just gives you another like teams like the Rockies and teams like the Athletics, there really isn't much of an excuse now. If two years ago and I've still see the Athletics with thirty wins, like which yeah, I have dude, to
0: there's there's bad and then there's Oakland.
1: Like, I feel like that, and I feel like I'm going to see that. And same thing with the Rockies, I mean, I get it. Like, two years ago, if you had asked me, hey, do you think the Diamondbacks would be in the World Series? I'd be like, ha, no. Colorado's
0: in a weird spot because they're suffering from the bad trade of Nolan Arenado. But other than that, I don't really know what's holding Colorado back. Like they've showed the they've showed the want to spend money. They're just their investments haven't paid off. And a they lot have
1: they got players like now Oakland's just a dumpster fire. So I'm not even going to harp too much on them. But like the Rockies, John Fisher needs to sell that. Team. Like I'm just these two teams. And I get it. The Rangers spent a lot of money these past two seasons. Like a lot ungodly of ungodly amounts. So and but the Diamondbacks they just have young raw talent and guys who just want it. So the like,
0: Diamondbacks right now are doing what everybody thought Baltimore was going to they got all that young talent now they're in the World Series. Everybody thought Baltimore would. Have I mean, a Baltimore did team. do
1: it. It's just, I know something about that top getting that by we, we like I said that's well, just they were, it didn't
0: help they were into the team that's in the World Series.
1: Like, I mean, I don't know. I can't even hard bomb Baltimore. It's just all right. Here's the thing: at the uh, All Star break, we were talking about the Diamondbacks. They were up there with Baltimore. they were winning their division, and yeah. they had that slump. You're like, all right, well, the magic ran out. Now it's back. like, yeah. so it's just. Between the two teams, I don't know. It's what what magical season is gonna you know shine brighter. I would love to see the Diamondbacks win. I just I just think the Rangers are gonna win just because I think the Rangers are a better team. But also, I thought the Diamondbacks were gonna lose to the Phillies. Yeah. So what do I know?
0: Yeah, so I'm gonna stand on my prediction that I made in the last episode. I'm gonna stick with Rangers in six. I do think it'll be a decent series. I think especially Arizona can snag at least one game at home, but at the end of the day, Texas is just too good. I think they're gonna they're gonna pack the series up in
1: six. That's, a, I mean, I think that's a very fair, I mean, I would love, everybody as a sports fan, everybody would love to see seven, because, I mean, the two best words in sports are game seven, so you would love to see it go seven, but I agree, I do think Rangers in six. um I will say, though, just to make it a little bit more foreign, if it comes down to a game seven, that would still, that would be in Arlington, correct? Yeah. All right. In Arlington, I would, you need the Diamondbacks in a game seven. Anything can happen, I would like to see that, but i Go in my heart, go in my brain. It, I I think the Rangers are just going to take the series and handle it pretty convincingly too. Like I'm gonna have to I'm gonna have to call what you just said a
0: hot take though. I think the uh the best two words in sports are Joe Buck saying no flags,
1: no flags. <laughs> just no Mitchell, Mitchell, all this Mitchell. Mitchell, 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 no flags. Okay, Jesus. Let's see. Is there any? All right. Let's see. Oh, I can't wait to talk about this next topic. Talking about Mister
0: Melvin,
1: Bob Melvin, man.
0: Shout out to the dumpster fire that is the San Diego Padres. Dude, they bring in all this talent and then finish third in that division. And now they're watching the Diamondbacks playing the World Series. M- Manny Machado had a he had a thing a couple years back. It was him um, in the on-deck circle. A fan said something about him and the Padres going to the World Series. And he said, basically said, if the Padres didn't make it to the World Series for the Dodgers. He would give him his contract. So not only have the Dodgers made it to the World Series for the Padres, so of the Diamondbacks. Like what? What is going on down there in San Diego?
1: No, that. And not only was it another disappointing season from the Padres, but like you just mentioned, your rival, division rival, made it to the World Series, and not the division rival we thought it was going to be. Like it's just, it just gets Dude, worse. Dude, I would and have more. been less shocked if San Francisco would have made the World Series instead of Arizona. Arizona, nah, <laughs> Arizona, like. You're the fourth best team in that division. It's crazy. And you're supposed to be like, whenever this was all coming, like they're like, this team is gonna be unstoppable. This team's gonna be blah, blah, blah. You're just disappointing. The def di- definition of just disappointment, sadness. I don't know what's going on over there in San Diego. Hopefully they can figure it out. Because I would love to see that team succeed. Because I mean, at the end of the day, you got some star play- like you just got guys on that, that lineup card. It's just not clicking. I don't know what I don't know what they gotta do. I don't know what the offseason is going to look like for them too, because what 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 more can you do? One thing I will
0: say about that that San Diego team, I told you about the stat a while back. They their launch angle is ridiculous. They they are the definition of three true outcome baseball. They are either walk home or strike out. They I think they end up they need to fire their hitting coach. Um, that's that's step one. They need to get their guys together and understand that they need to start. Just getting more base hits. Not worried about pro. putting the ball out of the ballpark. Yeah,
1: This isn't 2019 where you touch the ball and it's going over the wall. So you really, I agree. And you have guys like Xander Bogarts and Juan Soto who are base hit guy. Like, you're not, I mean, yes, they can hit four power, but those dudes are high average, high power kind of guys. Yeah. Like, why are you trying to hit it over the wall? Dude, get your single, get your double. Like, and I mean, obviously, whatever, you can call me box. But the one thing that I would say the most impressive thing about Ronald Cunha's um, season was his strikeout rating cut in
0: it was it was great.
1: Because he just wanted to hit the ball. He went up. I mean, yeah, he'd swing for the fences, maybe first pitch, second pitch. After that, he was just trying to make contact.
0: Well, and another guy, if you want to talk about that, look at Trey Turner. Mm. Up until two strikes, Trey Turner has the biggest leg kick in all of baseball. Not literally, but he has, he has a big leg kick. As soon as he gets his two strikes, he's a toe-tap guy just trying to put the ball in play. That's the type of approach you need. And I don't understand what the disconnect is with guys in San Diego to where you have everybody's swinging like they're Manny
1: mm-hmm.
0: or everybody's swinging like they're Fernando. Not all your guys can hit the bomb like that. Like you have to understand to win ball games, you got to just put the ball in play. There's a reason the Astros have been so good for so long. We're, we're not necessarily always up there in home runs. We were in 2019, but other than that, we're normally l- low in the top 10, maybe even middle of the pack. We just put the ball in play. We don't strike out. That's why teams like us have been so good for so long you have to be able to put the ball in play,
1: and San Diego just doesn't do that. No, you're just trying to do too much. Because also, I love one of my favorite players from this year was Cody Bellinger, because that's what he did. His K rate was unbelievable. He wasn't worried about hitting it. Now, granted, yes, he hit the ball over the wall. That's what you're going to do when you're a great player. But here's the thing. When you make contact enough, the home runs are going to find themselves. Exactly. Like, that, you if you put the ball in play, it's going to find – you're going to catch a barrel. I don't think they understand that over there in San Diego. And you don't have to swing. Like, there's so many times you're watching those games, they're looking – They're looking at the batter's eye before the ball even comes in. They're just trying to swing with all that power. Look the ball in, push it the other way, get it going. Because also, what are you trying to do, get a solo shot? Let's get a walk, let's get a base hit, and then get a three-run homer. Let's just get a double. Play good baseball. Like They have a lot to fix over there. I don't know. I I would love to see that team succeed. I just don't think it's going to happen. And like I said, I mentioned earlier, I just don't know where they go from here. What more can you do?
0: I'm curious to see what they do this offseason. There's been a lot of talk that, I've I've heard both sides of the spectrum. I've heard they're going to continue to go for it. And then I've also heard they're talking about trading Juan Soto. So who knows what the hell they got going on. Which,
1: I mean, if they would have done that two years ago, they could have even gotten more for him. Now, granted, you're still going to get a lot for him. but yeah, I, I mean, it's still Juan Soto. Yeah, but just two years ago, you could have gotten a world for him like that. We're talking about people were talking about him top three. Yeah. Like, he was something else. But anyway, well, let's see. where I'm trying to think. Um, we can go ahead and hop down to basketball. Hop down. I didn't know if you wanted to talk about your boy. Dusty, you didn't want to mention? Oh, crusty, musty, rusty, dusty has finally hung it up. Thank God. I think I think I brought it up on Tuesday, but was, and now it's confirmed. Well, I was gonna say it's confirmed now. Yeah, thought I thought we gotta have a party. We gotta have a celebration, thank man. Thank the Lord. I don't man. have to hear about you complaining about him anymore. Yeah, you get you get to you get to hear me complain about somebody else. Yeah, I was gonna say the next guy. Is not, <laughs> the next guy's just gonna catch trades. It just means Dusty's not gonna catch anything.
0: <laughs> but yeah, man, to hop down to basketball, we can look at the first few games of the year. Uh, Starting off on opening night. On Tuesday, right after our episode, we had Phoenix and and Golden State, and then L.A. and Denver. Phoenix and Golden State, Golden State could not shoot to save their lives. <laughs> and Phoenix, even though they're a little bit banged up, still able to come out on top. What's your thoughts on that one?
1: Um, I'm look, I, Just because one thing I'm noticing on ESPN, it has the top performers, and it does the you know, traditional points, rebounds, and assists. Couldn't help but notice that Curry has nothing else besides points. points. He had one assist. I know he had only one, one. assist. He had one assist. And you can say whatever about Chris Paul's the point guard one assist. We're talking about, oh my god, he had one assist, five twenty
0: seven five and one. What are we doing?
1: Yeah, one assist is a little asinine, but whatever. But that I mean, I didn't get a ton of, I didn't get to watch a ton of this game, which is quite unfortunate. But I mean, looking at it, you know, let's see what are, oh Wiggins. And me and my dad were talking about this because I feel like we got to get Big Brando on the show, dude. We, gotta, we do. We, we need got, Big Brando for an episode. Dude, we got to get him sometime soon. But me and him were talking about it. Wiggins, you know, the reason that they won that, or not the reason, but a big contributing factor, the uh, Warriors winning that ch- uh, title a couple years ago, was guys like Andrew Wiggins stepping up, playing out of their mind. Last year, he had a lot of personal things going on. I don't really know the full details, but I'm not going to get into that. But everybody knows that he had... He had, you know, not basketball going on in his mind. So he was kind of distracted away from the game. But now, and obviously it's one game, this is a complete overreaction. But if he continues to not be that guy he was two years ago, and he's just kind of that role player, you'll see a lot of struggles from that because that's what the Warriors relied on. Curry's going to give you his, like, 20 set. He's going to get him his buckets. Clay, he's going to shoot better. I mean, he's, he was 3 for 11, but he's going to give you 20. Whenever Draymond comes back, he'll have his role. Chris Paul, I feel like his role still not defined. 0 for 6 from 3 is atrocious. Oh, my God, I didn't even look at that. He Never mind. Ooh, 11 missed shots. But you just guys like Wiggins and guys like Kaminga, those are the dudes that really are going to have to step up, and that's going to be a large part of the team's success. But the Suns, good to see Devin Booker play because he didn't play last night, which is very interesting why he played one game and didn't, but whatever. 32 points. Durant didn't play too great.
0: He ended up playing really well last night. Yeah, though.
1: which is good to see. What he ended up with thirty nine. I think it was. 39. We'll get into that later, but I want to see. Like, I mean, another great game. I want to see Beal though. I don't know when he'll be back. I I know it's soon. Like, it's not like an awful injury. I know it'll be within the next week or so. I just want to see all of them come together. But another thing, that man right there, Nurkic was Nurkic was a really good pick because okay. we were talking about it. You know what? If DeAndre Ayton gives you fourteen and what oh, fourteen and fourteen, people are like, all right, that's a solid little game. But the thing is, the expectation is a lot lower for Nurkic, and it's a lot cheaper that people don't think like he's doing what you want him to do. People were expecting more out of Ayton. Ayton wasn't going to give you this scoring barrage, this defensive presence, and an absolute glass cleaner. You just weren't going to get that. Can
0: we give a quick <laughs> shout out to Grayson Allen for running cardio? Base, I mean. <laughs>
1: Twenty-one minutes
0: of cardio for him. That was what? A, what a game from Griffin. So,
1: well, they put in a Gordon. So I guess he just pro- he probably started the first half.
0: Ooh, Eric Gordon played thirty-two minutes. Jesus, four for four for six. I mean, a yeah, boy. dude, just a whole lot of missed shots over there. But the main thing I wanted to highlight was the fact that Golden State, as a team, shot twenty-three percent from three and thirty-five percent from the field. You're not going to win basketball games like that. The fact that they were only lost by four. Yeah. It's it's surprising with them shooting that bad. And
1: they were actually, they went on, holy crap, look at that third quarter. You outscored them by 21. Holy shit. Yeah. They scored 40. So they had an insane third quarter, and then in the fourth, they actually lost the lead. It was their game to lose. Wow,
0: that's crazy. Yeah, I
1: didn't even peep that. Like I said, I didn't watch the game, so I couldn't really keep up with going. And then obviously, you know, going to the other game from Tuesday night, the Nuggets handled business. As they should. We, me me and you talked about it on Tuesday, they handled business. LeBron played a, you know, a good game.
0: 21, eight, and
1: five. Anthony Davis had 17. By the way, wow. He he was actually like dominating. Remember
0: when uh, when uh, oh god, what's what's uh, Darvin Ham? He said mm-hmm. that he wanted AD to shoot six threes a game. <laughs> yeah, he shot two. Yeah. Dom- anyway, to highlight the biggest performer from the night, the um, should be three time MVP, Nicole Jokic, 29, 13, and 11. Great night from him. He does what he does, and they they go on to win. They had. They had HCP score twenty.
1: They had, I mean, and just going back to kind of like just the comparison between like him and Anthony Davis. He is no match, or like he has so much. Yoga has so much people, on the fact, Davis. fact that
0: people even tried to insult
1: Davis can't by hold saying,
0: it. "Oh my lord." Yeah, I saw, no, he,
1: yeah, LeBron <laughs> absolutely yeah, LeBron sat dropped. down. He's just so much better on light. It's not even close. Jamal oh, Murray with a good on. game, sound game. Also, I'm looking though, and call me a hater. You can call me a hater all you want, but. You know, Miami's big their big success were guys like Max Stress who did have a good game. Gabe Vincent. Gabe Vincent. Um where were we at, buddy? 22 minutes and we're uh, we're putting up six points. What? Hey I had to hear about, you know, this at the third from. you. Yeah. Um Cameron just put up seven on put four shots. Yeah, not bad at all. He played he um he was on Durant a lot, of, uh, not Durant. Um Murray a lot of the night. Oh, really? Yeah, they had him on Murray. Damn. He's I mean, who else is going to guard? Shit, he's the only guy on that team that could play any type of defense. Yeah. But, I mean,
0: what Denver did, recipe for success, all your starters are in double figures. That's always going to put you in a position to be able to go on a game. And then for L.A., it was just struggles down the stretch. Austin Reeves did not play too great. Um, his discounted taco Tuesday didn't even hit. No, it, it, was, hit. it was oh, wait, it, it was man. ten and a half. It was ten and a half. Oh, it was ten and a half. I, don't I my, it it hit 50. for no it, oh, it hit. Was no,
1: it hit no, his original was fifteen. Mm. So he wouldn't have the dis. The only reason that discount was the only thing that hit because mm. he barely got it. His was ten and a half, and it would it was supposed to be fifteen. Good lord! So he didn't play good at all. Which I mean, he'll play better. D'Angelo Russell, baby girl, what are we doing? And a boy, and I still can't go over. That Anthony Davis had seventeen and a half. Like he just didn't show up, mm. and he doesn't. That's what he does. Like, why are we trying to make him seem like he's this superstar? We've seen this movie played out for the past five years. Why do we keep on tricking ourselves into thinking that he's just going to wake up one day and just turn it on? Don't get me wrong. He'll give you an insane 10 minutes. But consistently, and he can't even stay on the floor. It's just, I don't know. Maybe call me an Anthony Davis hater. I just, I'm tired of hearing about it. And also comparing him to Jokic is just such a disrespectful thing to someone who, like Micah mentioned earlier, should be a three-time MVP, back-to-back-to-back. To back to back. Finals MVP, like, they're not even on the same planet. They, yes. It's just disrespectful. One thing
0: that's funny to me about this game, though, even though Denver won by double double digits, they got out-rebounded, which is interesting. Huh. Uh, but to move on from that, just a couple more of the big performers from the weekend. Damian Lillard doing his thing in Milwaukee's first win of the year, 39-8-4. and Good Lord, if they can get, like, Three-quarters of production from him all year. That's gonna be, that seems going to be terrifying. He balled. As we talked about, KD went on a couple nights later to have a really good game, 39-11-2, shot 50% from the field. And then Anthony Davis had 30-12 and last night. Jason Tatum with 34-11-4 in Boston's first game against New York. Cam Thomas, in 24 minutes, drops 36. Start the minute.
1: Strike. Uh, we called it. We knew it. We already knew it. We literally talked about this. We 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 already spoke about how we think this guy is just he's that dude. Comes in, he just scores. The guy's a bucket. But I mean, we, we we don't have to persuade ourselves that because nah. we, we already, already know about that. this. We already one. know about that man. And then Cade cutting him with 39, 9 and three. Did they win that game? Yes, they did. They did. I yeah. love to see it.
0: He played well. Ivy didn't look great that game, but he was coming off the bench. Yeah, he was coming like off the bench. Once his, once his uh minutes get up, he'll his production
1: will jump. And ooh, SGA had it. Yeah,
0: thirty-one, ten, and five. That and team's exciting. They they are very. That's an exciting team. They didn't even fully click. That was the that mm-hmm. was the craziest part. You know,
1: and that's the thing is because you have a guy like that who doesn't Holgram's not going to score eleven guys. He's not going to average eleven points in the season. But I hate to break it to you. He's going to average more. He's, he's going to he'll, he'll, he'll score. Like Sixteen. He'll end up scoring. Giddy will end up scoring. Jalen Williams. Like that team is. I think people are not realizing actually how good that team can be.
0: Yeah, and then last but not least, Luca. I mean. We've come to expect it, 33-13-10. And, and I said this to you earlier, 33-13-10 didn't shoot that great from the field. Mm-mm. Like, he had he had that good of a night and didn't shoot that But great. one
1: thing, like I, I, of course, I watched that entire game. I will say they were good shots, though. I mean, when he's missing, if you go back and look at these misses, I mean, they're barely, they're missing by, like, inches. There's sometimes where I feel like he would overshoot, and you're like, that's just not a good shot. He was taking good shots. They're just not going in. Also, two of those threes, he shot eleven uh, three for 11. Two of those were half-court heaves. So 3 of 9, you're looking at 3 of 9, you're like, that's thirty-three percent That's that's okay. That's not it's, too bad. It's manageable. But he also becomes the third player in NBA history to record a 30-point triple-double on the opening night. So I think that's kind of a cool stat. And Jokic was one point away from that, too. So. Yeah, he was close. And another Maverick I want to talk about is Derek Lively.
0: Shout out, man. He had a really good game. 16
1: and 10. Outperformed. I don't care what messes Outperformed Victor Wimbanyama. No hate to Victor. I actually had no hate to Victor. I cannot stand the media coverage, though. I'm watching that game. Why does his little name thing on ESPN pop up for three minutes straight? He's not even in the game. Show me his six points. I'm like, dude, let it go. Like, you're not. That's not how you market a player. That's nobody's getting like. Like, you're not. I'm not liking that. Whenever now, granted, that fourth quarter, he came out. He that dude's a freak. He is a freak.
0: Oh, Detroit didn't win that game. They didn't. No, they lost. What? Wow.
1: Oh my god. Oh, that's right. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, <laughs> because me and my dad didn't watch the end of that one. I thought he did just because of how good he played. I mean, I guess not. I guess yeah. Well, my bad. Correct. That's that's on me. I don't know what I'm doing. But back to what I was saying. Wimby's a freak. We'll say though, he has no interior game. He'll learn it. But the Mavericks are the one team where you're gonna have to, you will dominate because they have no big men. And mm-hmm. he didn't. He only did. You only shot from three. So yes. Now the fact that he's seven foot five and has a high arcing jumper, it will never be blocked. If he gets that consistently, he is a freak. But that's one thing that one area of concern for me is no interior game. But to look forward, um, we'll see him back on the
0: floor again tonight. San Antonio is going to get Houston. And speaking of Houston, in that first game, I was talking to you about this. I had my my prize pick bet for like the whole season. And one of my one of my legs on that was Alfred Sangoon to get one triple double. He almost got that on opening night. He put it 14-8-6. But this will be an interesting game. A lot of really young talent. We'll see if we can see a better version of the Rockets than we saw the other night, because to put it bleakly, that shit was awful. Yeah, y'all played like y'all are
1: awful. <laughs> but
0: um we'll see we'll see how we look tonight against San Antonio. We'll also get to see how Wimbiyama plays um after one game in the league. But to look across to some other matchups, we get Heat Celtics match rematch of the ECF from last year. Thunder and Cavs, two really good young teams that I think are both heading in the right direction. And then, again, we'll see Luka and the Mavericks play tonight. They get Ooh. the Nets. I'm curious to see if Cam Thomas is going to start. Uh, I'm not sure if they'll start or not. And then a couple more young teams with the, and the Magic and the Blazers playing tonight. So a lot of young talent on display, as always. Any games stick out to you? Um, Well,
1: I don't know. Because the Pistons, because here's the thing, basketball is the one sport where I can actually watch bad teams play. I can't do it with football, and I definitely can't do it with baseball. Um, I, I like watching the Pistons. I think a Pistons Hornets game could actually be kind of interesting. Nuggets Grizzlies not going to be interesting at all. Actually the Hawks and Knicks, I think is actually a pretty good one. Yeah, I wish it was in New York because I think the Knicks are a better team, but it also seems like the Hawks just kind of have the number on the Knicks for the past couple of years. Mm-hmm. Uh, Trey Young's going to be playing better. Uh, I didn't know what he goes for for 19 again. Uh, obviously the heat Celtics. That's the, I mean, that's a game to look forward to. Um, uh, yeah, I think those are – oh, the Kings and Warriors. I think those are two really good teams that you'll see at the, at the top of the standings at the end of the year. I think the Kings will probably win that one just because that team is fully. A lot of a lot of pretty decent games tonight. Obviously,
0: I'm going to be watching the Spurs and the Rockets. I want to see how we play. I also want to see Wimby play. But outside of that, Heat Celtics will be another one that I keep my eye on. And then Thunder and Cavs. Um, I, I'm always really high on the Cavs. So I think that'll be a fun one to watch.
1: Look forward to that. Unfortunately I won't be able to watch any of them, so I'm just gonna have to Yeah, bro's bro's gonna be bros gonna be out in the world. Yeah, I'm gonna be having a good old time. Day two of Hollow Weekend. Really, really Really looking forward to it. Bro is dying over here. Oh, his, dude, his, every his, kid, episode on a ginger ale. We suck at this. On the old people shit. Uh, anyway though,
0: we can hop down to the NFL now. Oh little, little recap of Thursday Night Football, and then a little look ahead to Week 8. Yeah, let's get Big performers from Thursday Night Football. I've got Josh Allen, 31 for 40, 324 yards, two touchdowns. a pick, yeah. Gabe Davis, nine receptions, 87 yards, touchdown. And then Baker Mayfield, 25 for 42,
1: 237 and two tutties. Let's go. Which, yeah, This
0: guy Acc- accidentally starts Baker Mayfield in fantasy. Of yeah. course he's playing me this week,
1: and he still plays well. Yeah, because I've had Bur- Burrow my quarterback, but... He had a bye last week, so I had to pick up Mayfield, and I'd completely forgotten to take him out. But, hey, he, it worked out. I woke up this morning not knowing how he played. I, well, I was like, oh, my God, forgot to take out Mayfield for um, Burrow. But actually worked out. He got me, like, 21 points. Shout, so. out. Shout out my boy Baker. Shout out.
0: Let's see. But yeah, good little game last night. Um, shout to Chris Godwin for not trying to catch that hail mary at the end. Dude, the I don't. I mean,
1: it wasn't. I'm not gonna say like he just stood under there and watched it, but like he like has back turn and then turn, and he had a good second to react and try. He didn't even make an attempt. So I don't know what that was about. That would have been a hell of an ending to the game. Would have given the the Bills another disappointing loss. But anywho, look at these games. Hold up. Let me put this right here. Is there anything, are you seeing anything that you're like, yes, I need to watch that game? Oh, well, I think San Francisco, Cincinnati's a big game. We were watching a first take. Mike and I were watching first take, and pretty much the question was, who is this a bigger game for? The two, you know, the San Francisco 49ers who have lost back-to-back weeks, or the Bengals who are kind of in that weird spot where your division's all above five hundred. I think they're at least the second-best team in that division, but... I think it's a bigger game for the Bengals. The big, I think it's a bigger game for the Bengals because you lose this game, you dropped a 3-4, and four, and now you don't know where to go with your season. You are It is an uphill climb. Here's the thing about the 49ers. Do you want to lose three weeks in a row? Absolutely not. But you're still winning that division.
0: Yeah, and that's what I said. I said it was a bigger game for the Niners, but not for the reasons that they were giving. The only, I said it was the biggest game for the Niners compared to the Bengals because you really don't want to drop three weeks in a row. Like you gotta come out and win this game just to just to get back on the right track. Cause if you lose three in a row, all of a sudden you're sitting there. You were five and oh. The best team in the NFL. Nobody and nobody questioned that. Now you're five and three, and I don't even think they'd be winning that division.
1: I think I don't know. Hold it. Let me get the standings out. Cause I wanna see where the Seahawks are. Because I'm pretty way, sure
0: Seattle would be winning the division.
1: And yeah, we're just looking at it right now. Um they'll be playing the Seahawks are playing the Browns, Browns, they're playing them at home, so it's not gonna be. I mean, I think that's gonna be a fair matchup game. I think the Browns, the, the I think the Browns will take that one. But either way, I'm just looking at the standpoint. The Forty Nineers winning that division, I will bet. Like, yes, you had a rough couple weeks. It's been a rough October. They're winning that division, even if they were to lose and the Seahawks were to take the division. by they're gonna head to head beat the Seahawks. They'll end up winning. The thing is, is going over to the AFC North standings, you are looking at bottom. You are at bottom right now. You are the team in last place. Shout out to the-
0: the Steelers
1: yeah they continue to win so I mean it's a must win for the Bengals not a must win because I mean it's but it's, as close as it gets to week set or week uh eight yes week eight yeah we eight. as close to a week eight must win as it can possibly come to because three and four you do not want to be in that hole it'd be one thing if you were playing the AFC South but you're not unfortunately so
0: yeah and a couple more matches I want to highlight um we got Houston this week, we catch Carolina, oh. so we shouldn't we should blow them out, but we get a matchup with CJ Straub and Bryce Young. That's all I'm really worried about with that one. And then somebody explained to me, why the hell are the Bears playing on Sunday Night Football? Why?
1: Chargers. What are we doing? It's the Chargers. I What like the Chargers. are we doing? I like the Chargers, but come on, really? Wait, what's the Monday night matchup? Vegas and Detroit? I mean, I don't yeah, know. Yeah, we got snoozers this week, boys. Yeah, something great. My Falcons take on the Titans, which I saw on a few, like, code different sources that apparently the Titans are supposed to clean sweep us. I don't see that. I, maybe I'm delusional. I like art. I like us. I'd rather have the Falcons. Oh, yeah,
0: I'm definitely I'm
1: taking I'm taking the Falcons over the Titans. That team is a, they don't even know what they want to do. Like, are they getting rid of Derrick Henry? Are they not? Which kind of segues into, you know, the trade deadline is coming up. Um, I remember it, it used to be after week eight. Mm-hmm. Whatever, we had 16 games. But now that we have 17 weeks, I don't...
0: I think it's
1: week nine. Week, oh, yeah, I think it's week nine. So I still think it's next Tuesdays, whenever that ends. But um, big name. Derrick Henry is a... That is a guy, which the Ravens are apparently the front runner, but the Dark Horses are the Cowboys. Explain that one to what me. What do the
0: Cowgirls want with him?
1: I promise the running back is not the issue in no, Dallas. No, it's not. It's That's, Dak Prescott. <laughs> I, so I don't know why. They're like, yeah, the Dark Horses Dallas Cowboys. I'm like, why? They have... They already have a running like back. Tony Pollard. I don't understand. Like, I Ra- think at
0: this point, Tony Tony Pollard has more upside than
1: Derrick Henry. Has. I agree. I 100% agree. I think the Ravens is a good move. I yeah, think that's a good yeah. move for the Ravens. But I don't understand the, the Cowboys. And then, like, you know, there's some talks. You know, I think Saquon's been thrown out there. I think, yeah, well, if Saquon's on the move, I would like to
0: see a team like Buffalo go get him because they were in on JT mm-hmm. the whole time. I think if Buffalo were to go get a running back, it would put them into a better spot than they are in right now. But. I'm not sure if they're going to make that move, one, because of the contract, two, because of the injury history, and mm-hmm. three, because I just don't necessarily know if Buffalo oh, yes. would be willing to do something like that. I, I think, think they're it. fine with where they're at. I
1: really, they're, Buffalo's always in a weird spot, just because it feels like you look one week, and you're like, no, they need something else, and then the other week, they're like, this team is perfect, so mm-hmm. it's really a week-by-week basis, um, I don't really know who else is on the trading block this far. We haven't had a whole lot of noise yet. I mean, I'm not really going to go into role players and, like, backup linebackers. I think that's super, like, there's no point in doing that. So I don't really, off the top of my head, there's no big names unless I'm forgetting somebody. Not that I can think um, Even I'm looking at these teams. And oh, well,
0: actually, there's one that I heard wasn't going to get moved, which I don't understand why, but Devontae Adams. Um, LV won't move him. I understand why, but at the same time, I don't. Um, that sucks. I would like to see him. Yeah, happy. I would like to see him on the move, but I understand why. He sells tickets. But at the same time, you're not going to win anything. You might as well just get something for him before he's too
1: old and you can't get anything for him at all. That's I, I didn't even know about that because I knew that they were talking about it because he's not happy there and that's that third. Yeah, they made him unavailable. Yeah, and I guess, I mean, this was like literally three weeks ago when this became a thing, but big, uh, big Kirk-o, Kirk Thuggins is obviously, he, wait, or his trade clause is still in effect, so he won't be going anywhere anytime soon. They we're talking about trading parts. Well, this is when they're like one and five, so they're just like you know we'll move you to like like I mean imagine him on like the Falcons. Yeah, I heard the I heard the Jets were even in on Yeah, like because they had their little quarterback variable. but this was like a few weeks ago. But that's just a name that you yeah. brought up, like that reminded me like oh yeah, because he won't be on the move. Yeah, and also they're playing well. I mean they just beat the Forty Nine ers, so they're they could be on the cover up for real.
0: Yeah, but we can go ahead and move on from one branch of football to another. We'll hop into college football. We got Week Nine coming up this week. Not too many crazy matchups going on this weekend. Uh, we got the world's largest cocktail party with Florida and Georgia, but other than that, a lot of maybe trap games for some of these big teams. The biggest game of the weekend is going to be Oregon and Utah. Give me the Utes, I will go ahead and say that. Give me the Utes, but other than that, not too much going on. Uh, we got Louisville and Duke, out yeah, of the will.
1: Yeah, that's a good. That's and then
0: a good game. just a just a few trap games like Tennessee and Kentucky, um, Ole Miss. It's got Vanderbilt, but UCLA, Colorado. A lot of people are hyping this up like it's going to be a good game. It's not. It's not. I don't. I don't really. I, I don't think it'll be very much of a good game at all. And then which way do you have it going? I got it UCLA. Gotcha. All right, I was just curious. Yeah, I. It's very similar to what we saw with Colorado the last few weeks. They just lost to Stanford. If they can't beat Stanford, they can't beat UCLA because UCLA's tall. Sanford, so so, I don't really give them much of a chance in that one. I think that's going to be UCLA, but other than that, like I said, just some trap games. Um, give me Georgia Tech to beat UNC. Shout out Drake Mayman man, for for selling the absolute bag. But the big thing I want to talk about from this weekend is going to be, and this this game on paper doesn't look like it's going to be a very big game because it's not, but there is one very big. Question mark going into this game. And I'm talking about BYU in Texas. Malik Murphy, um, as of yesterday, when Sark did his media media availability, I guess that, you would call it. Yeah, yeah. No. He, he said that Murphy will be the starting quarterback. I have been looking a lot more into Murphy since the last episode, especially. But I, I knew a little bit about him coming into the season. I watched our spring game, and he looked pretty good. But what I did not know was that he was the number two recruit from his class. I thought that he was good. I didn't realize he was that damn good. So what that means is the three quarterbacks that are our quarterback group are all top three rec- recruits from their class, which is crazy in itself. Quinn was number one. Arch was number one. He was number two. So looking at that, it's it's wild to think about that. But Malik has a rocket of an arm, like absolute cannon. He's massive too. I think he's, I want to say he's 6'5". Yeah, 6'5", six yeah, six 238. Good Lord. 19. 19. Yeah, he's a redshirt freshman, but um, he's got a rocket for an arm. He's not as gifted of a thrower as Quinn is. Quinn is just simply one of those guys that knows how to dump a ball into a window better than just about anybody. But Malik's got a really good arm. He's a good runner. He's a much more of a running threat than Quinn is. He brings an extra el oh that picture. Good lord, he brings an extra element to our um to our offense with the running game. But I think what you're going to see, we'll still probably throw the ball 20, 25 times a game, but Jonathan Brooks is going to go from 15 carries to like 25 or 30. We'll we'll turn to a little bit more of a running game, maybe even necessarily towards kind of the playbook that Alabama's been running under Jalen Milrow, where they they depend on running the ball a lot. They'll take the big shots every once in a while, but it's not going to be like you've seen where we're throwing the ball 30, 35 times a game with Quinn. We'll, we'll drop back a little bit. We still have a really good receiving core, but... Um, I, I definitely think that we will run the ball a lot more compared to what we were doing. And I saw this all over Twitter and Instagram. All these casuals say, why is Arch Manning not playing? He's the he's the I saw some guy say he was quote unquote the best high school talent we've seen in twenty years. He played two A football at a private school. He's not ready. Give him time, let him redshirt. That's why Malik redshirted. You've got to give these guys time to get ready to play in this spot. And it's the simple fact that Arch is not ready. No. He's just not.
1: I mean, that would be stupid to throw. This kid, we, I talked about this last when we last discussed this. Kid has been basically told his entire life how he's the greatest thing since sliced bread. You put him out there on a stage like this, he's not. If he's not 100% ready and he struggles, let him throw one interception or miss one ball. That kid's going to lose his mind. He's going to be in the gutter. And that confidence is shot. Give it to the guy who, like, he's already redshirt freshman, hasn't been there, done that, but has been in the system, been there, you know, past couple of years. Just throw out the – you're not losing. Also, it's BYU. It, you'll be fine if you could just throw out the better quarterback. You don't need the flash right now. We're not ready for that.
0: And also, it would be different if we were in a spot like we were last year where we had a couple losses under our belt and there was no real shot that we were going to the playoffs. We're a one-loss team with a chance to win out and go to the playoffs. You don't throw a true freshman in there like, hey, you gotta win every damn game you play, or we're screwed. Because he's gonna he's gonna fail miserably if you do that. If you do him. That
1: I agree. It's too much pressure. He doesn't need that. It's super unnecessary. And I'm glad. I'm actually glad that they went with uh, Malik Murphy. I think that is a much smarter decision. I think it was the decision that was most likely to happen. But like you said, there's people. Who, people wanted it. People wanted Manning in there. And there's
0: a lot of people I've been seeing this too that were saying what could happen is when Quinn comes back, Malik plays well enough to where he would stay the starter. Again, I, I, don't get me wrong, I like Malik. Malik's got a great arm. He's a good runner. But the element of, for one, how familiar he is with the playbook. Two, how well he plays in the big moments. It seems like he, he has no heart rate when we get in those big games, especially against like Bama and Oklahoma. And three, just the sheer fact that he's, yes, he doesn't have the rocket of an arm that Malik does, but he has the accuracy that Malik lacks. I would still
1: think that Quinn's going to be the starter when he gets back. That's Quinn's job no matter what. Unless this kid throws for seven touchdowns and they score 80 points a game, Quinn will have his job back. And that is no diss until Malik Murphy at all. There's no diss whatsoever. It's fine. At the end of the day, he won that starting job. You can't lose that because of an injury, especially like that. Like Unless he comes out on balls, like perfect. That's Quinn's job, and that's how I feel about that. I feel like that's how most people would feel about that. That's just how this stage works. We're talking about a one-loss Texas team who, like Micah mentioned, you went out, you can make a run at the playoff. That's not you're not putting your the guy who got you here on the bench just because he had what's the injury again? I don't. Know it's a point. AC joint sprain. AC, yeah. You're not. That's just not going to happen. That's the only thing that worries
0: state. me with Quinn is they haven't really set a timetable and when he's going to be back. Some people are saying three, four weeks. Some people are saying he might miss the rest of the year. So. I'm curious what happens with that. I would love to get him back. Uh, This is kind of the same thing that happened to him last year. I'm pretty sure it was an AC joint sprain last year, too. So this is the second straight year this happened. I'm curious if they may just go ahead and do something surgical just Uh to support it more because it's clear this is happening way more often than it should. But not to harp on that for too long, I want to hop into something we were talking about with Texas being a one loss team saying they can't lose. There's a lot of other teams around the country that really can't afford a loss. When do you think some of these big teams are going to lose? We'll start off with Georgia.
1: Let me, I mean, but this is this week right here is a big test. I mean, that's not only – everybody talks about it. this is in sports in general. These big rivalries, anything can happen. I don't care how bad the team is, how good the team is. I know whenever I was playing in high school, we were good. We were perennial. All We were going to the playoffs year in, year out. We'd go against the school. It was Eagles landing. They had one loss back-to-back years. They gave us good games just because that rivalry and that – you know, conference in this case, conference play, they're going to give you all they got, and it's Georgia, Florida. So, I think this is a big time game. You could see something make noise, and then the, they finish out the year three of their last four games are against top 25 teams.
0: Yeah, and that's when I think they're going to take their loss. I've been saying it for a few weeks now. I think their loss comes when they run into Lane Kippen and Ole Miss. And the simple fact that Georgia's offense is downright terrible without Brock Bowers. And Ole Miss's offense is one of the better ones in the country, especially when they get out ahead of you. The thing with Lane Kippen is he runs everything so fast. They're always in no huddle. They're always hurrying up and down the field. He goes for it on fourth down on his own 20. Like he's a maniac. And when they come, is that, is that game at Georgia? Yeah, it is. It's at Georgia. So when they, when they come to Athens, you already know what they're going to be trying to do. They're going to be trying to outrun Jordan. The thing is, Georgia's offense is built on controlling pace, especially now without Brock. Their thing is they want to go slow. They want to have these long, sustained drives where they can get they can win and be up in the first half seven nothing because they had twenty five minutes of possession time. Ole Miss isn't going to let you be able to do that because if they get out seven nothing on you, they're going to keep driving quick, 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 quick. They're going to tear you up up and down the field. And I think Ole Miss will be when they take that first loss.
1: I I, I like that. Too. I think Florida's going to be a big one you can survive Florida, I think Missouri, they'll handle Missouri. If there's one thing that Georgia and Alabama – like, Georgia's always handled, like, the Kentucky when they're ranked or the, you know, not top-tier SEC teams, if that makes sense. Like, you know what I mean? Like, you know, your Tennessees, your Floridas, Georgia's, Alabama's, and LSU's, those are, like, their top dogs. But that next level, like, even your A&M's and Mississippi State's, like, whenever they're rolling, Georgia always handles them. I think that would be eight. slipping.
0: The only reason I give Missouri any kind of chance is because they gave Georgia their best game last year, but – I don't. I don't think Missouri will give them too much of a shot. I think Ole Miss will be the game that they lose, and if not Ole Miss, it depends what Tennessee team we see. Mm-hmm. But I, I'm gonna stick on my pick of Ole Miss.
1: I will say, I mean, if Georgia somehow they went out these next few games, they've proved to me that they're the number one team. Though by all means, yeah, this is not an easy back end of the schedule. Florida's not easy. Missouri, Ole Miss, Tennessee is not easy, and Georgia Tech's the greatest you know team of all time. If you give them a 99.99% chance to lose, so. Sure. Shut up, Miami. But no, in all seriousness, that's not an easy way to end the schedule. And, I mean, not only are they still have a cupcake compared to a lot of other teams. Oh, yeah. But I like, will give like them – USC and – I'll give them the fact that – I mean, you're going against three top 25 teams these next few weeks. So, I mean, that's something to kind of take a note. So, let's see. what Who's number two? Michigan. I don't think that they'll be losing. Michigan's not going to lose. I don't think Michigan's losing.
0: Michigan's loss will come in the playoffs if they even lose then. Yeah. I, don't- I think they're the best team in the country. I don't think it's close. Blake Corum's a dog.
1: That team is different. What you want to? Oh, you want Florida State. No.
0: Florida. Uh, Florida State's going to lose UNC in the ACC championship game. I am calling
1: that shit. I could see their ass losing to Florida. I could see them going against the actual real school. I don't. I just don't. It bothers me. This team bothers me. They're not good. You had the Duke final score. I anybody who watched that game before Old Boy got hurt, Duke was going to win that game. And, and then
0: it, you struggle with Boston College, Clemson, and Virginia Tech three straight weeks. And,
1: I mean, this just isn't convincing team at all. You had that really good win against LSU, then Southern Miss, whatever. I just, I'm just, i looking at that Duke game, and it really bothers me. The Duke only was somewhat decent team that they've put a route on was Syracuse. No, I don't even think. What is Syracuse? No, they're 0-4. Like, I mean, Syracuse, Syracuse is not good. Syracuse is awful. So, no. I think that team's time is coming. I, I agree. I mean, Pitt could give them a game. Miami won't. They're gonna,
0: I'm. They're gonna lose the ACC championship game, whether it's Louisville or UNC that they're playing. One
1: hundred percent. I think they lose. They don't. They don't win. They don't win out.
0: And And with a healthy Riley
1: Leonard, not Drake, Riley Leonard, Duke would have won that game. That's that's where I'm at. Duke wins that game if he stays healthy. It's no doubt in my mind. But whatever, their time will come. I, I, that one. Georgia is just a big old what if, if you ask me. Florida State, I am almost positive that that time is coming where they are going to take that loss.
0: It's bound to happen eventually. But moving on to the next one, Ohio State. Don't get me wrong. I think Ohio State's really good. But the thing with Ohio State is they're not better than Michigan. They're going to lose to Michigan. And then once you lose to Michigan, the problem with the Big Ten is that Michigan, Ohio State, and Penn State are all three in the same part of the Big Big Ten. So only one of them is going to go to the Big Ten championship game. If you lose to uh, Michigan, all of a sudden, you can't get to a Big Ten championship game. And what does that mean for you? One loss team with no conference championship, they don't make the playoffs. They don't make the playoffs. So I think they'll lose to Michigan. I think that's going to be their only loss in the year. But
1: unfortunately for them, it's going to be the one loss that keeps them out of the playoffs. And if they're on the west side of the Big Ten, they would be cakewalking because Wisconsin or Iowa is going to be representing that. Yeah, that's it's a
0: joke. They need to do something.
1: I mean, you kind of can't because the thing was, a couple years ago it was like that. Wisconsin was really good. And, I mean, Nebraska used to run this damn conference. So, it's just it's just all timing. You know how the East and the West and the NBA just shit happens. But Ohio State, yeah, I mean, I agree with you. Let's see, what's regular, what does the regular season look like? They don't have anything until Michigan really? Yeah, so I think Michigan just handles them. So, I guess the one thing is, is whoever wins that game is going to the playoff. So, that's kind of there because I don't care unless there's something miraculous happens. None of these teams on the west side are going, winning that uh, Big Ten championship.
0: And then Washington, I've, I've been high on this team all year. It seems like they are the, the big bad wolf of the Pac-12. They're going to lose to the Utes. Utah is going to be Washington. Utah is going to wake everybody up and remind them that they're still the king of the big Pac-12 while the Pac-12 still exists. And I, I think that's when Pennix and Washington finally gets exposed. And, and that's not me saying that Washington's bad, by all means. Washington's good, but Utah is the bearer of bad news when it comes to beating somebody that's got good chances to win it all out of the Pac-12. They did USC twice last year. I think they're going to do it to Oregon tomorrow. And then I, would, I really would not be shocked if they end up beating Washington.
1: Also, I mean, Washington's coming off a very, like, Piss poor performance against Arizona State.
0: Dude, go look, week. go look at Arizona State. They have given just about every good team that's played a good game. That's why I remember
1: we talked about this last time. We were like, I mean, Cal, Colorado, USC. I mean, they got beat by Fresno State, Oklahoma State. They, they got just they got dealt a bad hand. Honestly, they're just losing a lot of close games because they don't have that talent. Oregon should have won that game. Oregon should have won that game. You play that fourth quarterback, Oregon wins that football game. And then Arizona you had a piss poor performance against Arizona. I think they'll. I could see them losing to USC, honestly. I could see that happening just because USC's... Knowing how college football works is they've already lost a couple games. You know, one, they've already lost one conference game. I could just see them coming out and just playing their ass off, beating them up. And if it's not USC, it's going to be Utah. Yeah, I wish
0: USC didn't have any losses going into that game because that would be the game to decide who's the Heisman between Caleb and Michael. But now with not as much on the line, I still think USC will give them a good game. But like I said, I'm going to stick with Utah.
1: Agree, I think, and then you got Oregon State after that. So they're in the same boat as Georgia. You're playing three. They got a
0: bad back end of their schedule.
1: Like you have three. Uh, of your last four games are going to be against top twenty-five opponents. One of those is probably going to take. Considering how you've played the last three games, so I think that they'll also go down. But the thing is, not everybody can lose. I think Michigan will stay. I think they'll stay undefeated. I I think Georgia more likely than not will probably still stay undefeated. So we'll have two teams going in, and then Ohio State, they'll lose to Michigan. One of those teams have to lose, and then I think—
0: FSU's going to lose, man. They They have gonna, to.
1: They have to, right? Like, Yeah, they're, surely. They're,
0: they're my strong pick to lose out of this. Out of this I week. agree. But moving on from college football, we can get into a little bit of news in the boxing and the UFC world for the weekend tonight—or actually not tonight, tomorrow night, I think.
1: It's actually tomorrow, like, afternoon.
0: Oh, yeah, tomorrow afternoon, we got Tyson— Jeez. Tyson Fury and Francis and Connor. With all due respect to Francis, Tyson Fury is the best heavyweight in the world. He's not going to win this fight. I, it, this gives me a very similar vibe to when Conor wanted to fight Floyd. With all due respect to Conor, Floyd was the best featherweight in the world. You can't hang with him. And I understand that this fight is more or less Francis trying to make a statement because he's the best boxer in the UFC. But there's a difference between being the best boxer in the UFC and when you're in a spot like Tyson, where you're the best boxer on the planet. Give me Tyson Fury.
1: I mean, I would love to see Ngannou make this interesting. I mean, it could be interesting for a round, maybe. But, I mean, Fury's going to Like, at the end of the day, you're going into his world that he's been dominating for even know how long. Fury. And in all reality, for Tyson, this is more or less a tune-up fight,
0: getting ready for Alexander Yuzit, because they're fighting, I believe, right around Christmas time or early January. So he's got a quick turnaround oh, right into another damn. fight. Yeah, that is a quick amazing. turnaround. Whoa. But this is more or less a tune-up fight for him, making sure he's on his A game. And it's, it's more than just fighting some, some trash fighter that like Ryan Garcia used to do. Mm-hmm. Right before his fight with, with a Tank, he would do tune-up fights against garbage opponents. And you see guys do that sometimes. This isn't necessarily a garbage opponent. He, like I said, he's the best boxer in UFC. But this is a fight that I think Tyson knows just as well as everybody does that he's going to win this fight. And then... So sad. I hate that this happened because I was really looking forward to 296. John Jones tears his pec. He's out. And then on top of all that, they take his belt away. They take Stebe off the card. And then they put in a filler fight with two guys that, respectively, I don't know too much about. So 296 is kind of out the window for me. I'll watch the Pereira fight, but I'm not, I'm not a mega UFC fan to the point that I know these guys are going to be fighting for this title. I was really looking forward to seeing John Jones fight. Now that he's out, it kind of sucks.
1: I would love to. I, like I said, I've just now started getting into the UFC, or UFC and I would love to watch John, John Jones fight. I, I've never never seen him like fight live. like and just I, actually I watched seen him, him fight zero. I would have loved to. And it just sucks because when was 296 going to be? When... It was in like two weeks. It was November 11th. Yeah, that just... That's unfortunate. I would have loved to watch that. And, I, and if Micah doesn't know, I definitely for damn sure don't know who the, who these people are. So, I mean, I really don't have much of an interest in that. So it's very, it just sucks. I want to, like, you want to watch one of the, you always want to see the greats perform and just be out there on doing their respective sports. And coming to an injury just while in camp, did they say when this was, like, how this happened? Or... He was,
0: it was like two or three days ago. He was just wrestling, getting ready, and popped his pack.
1: Jesus. Suck. I hate to see that, man. I hate to Suck. see it. So yeah, I really like like we you know, we have it on a little spreadsheet right here. Tonight, it's just a wash. Unfortunately, it's it's just a wash.
0: Yeah. And then one more thing I want to highlight with UFC before we hop into flash. Shout out. Dude, I Shout put out.
1: I put my thingy on what you gonna call it, bro. Hopefully y'all didn't hear that. The, the, <laughs> the hose is calling for real. <laughs> Shout <laughs> out, man. Shout out.
0: <laughs> but um, to highlight the last thing I want to talk about UFC. Daniel Cormier, the other day on his show, DC and RC with him and Ryan Clark, was talking about how he wants to see Islam fight Conor next. I would love to see that, too. And also, with the USADA or whatever the hell it is being out of the UFC after 2024, their contract is up. <laughs> That's going to be back on the juice. Um, we're we're going to see a really fun fight if that were to happen. But realistically, I don't know if it will.
1: Nice. I don't know what the USDA, US, USFDA, whatever. I don't know. Something. I don't USA know. USA
0: something. I don't know.
1: I don't know what that has in store. So I'll just take your word for any of that. But you tell me I get to watch Connor fight? Hell on the yeah. juice? On I the come, juice? Hell yeah. But without further ado, the most important topic of them all. Come on, man. Ladies and gentlemen, it is Flex Friday. It's Flex Friday, man. Not only, and there has been a couple changes too. Flex Friday. We don't have to do shit that's only on Fridays, which, granted, doesn't matter because there's 27 NBA games and the World Series. Um, Unfortunately, no WNBA guys. Um, Darn. What will I ever do? I don't know. I'm not really looking forward to it. I don't know if I'm necessarily going to cook up anything yet, but I'll just look at some stats that I really, you know, I'm looking around the league. Um, They got
0: specials in today. They got Luke. Luca and Adolis Garcia for four-and-a-half three-pointers made plus total base. I am
1: 100% taking I that. I love
0: that. I am so doing that, 100%. I mean, Steph and Nadia Valdi for nine-and-a-half threes plus Ks. All right,
1: whoever came up with these special lines I love are actually insane. Dove man's I absolutely man's. love that. Let's see. Um, You know one thing that I'm looking at right now? Mitchell Robinson for Mitchell. seven. Mitchell. Trae Young for 28 points. I would actually wouldn't mind that over. I'm not gonna do it because Bro shot, you know, twelve percent from the I field. I can't trust him. Holgram, I'm taking that over. Twelve points. Give me, give me twelve points from Holgram. I, I get it. Yes, he had eleven, and then he played five minutes and I got ten points. That's something I would look into. Um, like rebounding ones. Let's see. I'll give you. I'll give y'all guys just a couple of nuggets of knowledge. Because a couple of days ago, your boy hit a hundred dollar parlay. Out
0: a boy. Atta boy.
1: Um, Jalen Duran. Ten and a half against Charlotte. I actually like that. Charlotte doesn't really have that dominating big man. Uh, big man, Pingus. Pingus. Also, did we even mention him in the performance? <laughs> Bro, we didn't even mention Mister Chris Porzingis. Thirty and eight in his debut. Yeah, which is the most by a Celtic in their debut. Which I think is crazy. This team's been around since you know fourteen hundred, and they've never had a thirty point score, uh, in their first game. They still have Jimmy Butler's little emo cut, by the way. So I'm fading anything that is remotely related to Jimmy Butler.
0: A couple more I want to highlight for you. Cattell Marte, to gave one and a half hits, runs, or RBIs. He's been tearing it up all postseason. And then, um, yeah, Cattell Marte, again, six and a half fantasy score. Take something to do with Cattell Marte. Trust me on that one. And then also Evan Carter, six and a half fantasy score.
1: Take something to do with Evan Carter. Big trust. Big trust. Whoop. Um, Nicole Jokic, 40 and a half over on points and rebounds. I don't even know who center is going to be for Memphis now that Steven Adams is out. So I would take yeah, I would be looking
0: heavy into that one. That is
1: a good one to look at. And I'm going to give y'all one more uh on the basketball side of things. I want to do a three point made. Uh, Give me RJ Barrett less than one and a half. Um, I'm so sorry, RJ Barrett. It's literally, <laughs> it, there's nothing personal, but it's personal. So that's all we're gonna give. I'm not gonna cook up anything because at the end of the day, it's a six legger. I don't got time for any of that. Right in this second, ain't nobody got time for it. But we wanted just to spit a little nugget of our knowledge on our very, very amateur sports gambling. Yeah, don't listen to us. Don't listen to us. I mean, I would have listened to me last time, but I don't listen to me anymore. So please don't. Just just take it with a, just take it with a grain of salt. Um, let's see. I lost. I mean, I did win that one. So quick
0: little quick little. Um, I talked about it a little bit earlier, but my my uh, parlay here. My full season one. Shout out to SGA for already having one double double. He needs four more, and then Luca already has one triple
1: double. He needs six more. And this is the entire season. Come full on, whole season. Come on. I I think, I think those are going to be very light work. going to eventually get one. I remember I, I needed a ten point. I had a. I did a second. NBA season last year, and I had like a forward leg or whatever, mm-hmm. and the last one that came down to was P.J. Tucker. He needed one 10-point game in like 30 games, <laughs> and he finally got only the second get to last game. I'm like, dude, you needed 10 points. Like, I forgot how trash he was. I just thought that was going to be a surefire. Like, oh, dude, he can get 10. That's that's three threes in a lane. Uh,
0: Rocket's legend. Okay. We started. But yeah, man, that's going to pretty much do it for us today. As always, thank you to everybody for listening. We really appreciate all the support. Um... Tell your friends to tell their friends to tell their friends. Check out the podcast.
1: Make sure those friends tell their moms, too. Oh, yeah. As always. Always. I love my mothers. But without further ado, everybody enjoy your blessed weekend, Halloween. weekend, and we will catch y'all on Tuesday. Peace. Peace.